And when you want to find Jesus, we found out that you need to look and hang out with broken hearted people. He says, I have two addresses. One is in heaven, and the other is with broken hearted people. Uh, which means if I'm broken hearted, he's not far away. And I can hang out with other broken hearted people and need to find each other. Follow closely behind this grief and of this gold is, is the battle. And as soon as those questions about Jesus, does, does Jesus know what he's doing? Does he have any idea what's going on down here? Can I trust Jesus to take care of me? You look at the story of Jesus who's sleeping a boat and he's sinking and his disciples freaking out. Don't just stay on the ground! He may not have said it, but he was thinking that he's a carpenter. Does it know when the boat sinks? It doesn't matter when there's less water in the boat, it can be going down. That's the way it is. That was the problem. There was water coming in the boat. Yeah, I trust Jesus to take care of me. When it feels like my boat, my boat is being swamped, is Jesus able to get me through this? Those are the questions we struggle with. And the more dry the gold, the greater the grief, the more brutal the battle, the more intense the battle, we will trust in Jesus. But you can't trust Jesus completely, even when your world feels like it's falling apart around you. Some of you, not all of you, but some of you, I, seems weird to say this, I'm sure you know that, huh? But I am an orphan. Um, September 16th was the 15th anniversary of my mother's death. August 5th was the first anniversary of my father's passing away. I still grab my phone, wanting to call mom and tell her about something that her great granddaughter just died. And I still wonder what my dad was doing. What advice he was giving. And I long to hear them pray for me. All the losses that I faced, I have learned to live. I'm not seeming to be an expert, but I've learned a bit. I have discovered that grief never ends. The jolt keeps coming, echoing over and over. The grief never ends. It returns with every echo of the jolt, but it changes. It's kind of like that echo. The echo is not always as loud as the first boom. Thunder goes off. It's a passageway. Jesus is not a place to stay. It is a sign. It's not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of a lack of trust in Jesus. Grief is the price of love. The more we love 
someone, the more we're going to miss them when they pass. But there have been many times where I've wondered, how, how do I connect with Jesus in a way that alleviates my grief? How can I win the battle and keep on trusting Jesus? And how can I connect with Jesus in a way that now, I'm not the only person. I mean, we've all experienced losses and changes and transitions. Transitions. Some of us are getting older. Okay, all of us are getting older. It just seems more rapid for some of us than others. Uh, some of us are further down the trail. Uh, a few of us, uh, maybe more than a few of us, have experienced at some point in time uh, the loss of a job. All of us experience the death of a loved one at some point. Many of us are confronted with after frightening diagnosis, prognosis, either for ourselves or for a loved one. We've all had this thing. And I think that probably, to be honest, if we were to just kind of open things up with each other, there have been times when we've all wondered, how can I connect with Jesus? How can we connect with Jesus in a way that's going to help me do this? How can I connect with Him that alleviates my grief and helps me to win the battle? Now, Jesus tried to prepare His followers for the crucifixion. Uh, he started early. And then they didn't listen. He was like, over their heads. He stayed at Jesus. Every time he told them, we're going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested, I'm going to be beaten, I'm going to be crucified, but don't worry about it on the third day, I'll rise again. Huh? Okay, let me do that one more time. We're going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be arrested, tell them over and over again. The night before he died on the cross, Jesus had a long conversation with his disciples. He knows this is the last thing he's going to say to them before he dies. It's important for them to get it. And he told them several things that they hoped would be able to prepare them for what was about to happen. And in the beginning of that late night conversation, uh, Jesus assured them with this promise of peace. John chapter 14, verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world does. Do not let your hearts be distressed or lacking in courage. Peace. It's a sense that everything is well. It's the experience of knowing that us, that everything's okay. And I want you to know that this world gives everything but peace. Jesus gives us his peace. This sense of well-being. I think it's trying to figure out how do I explain this? But we've all experienced it. There is a sense of well-being that we receive when we're with another person. There are several pictures of me. Good babies that sleep on my chest. Yeah, 
to relax when you're holding a baby if you want to go to sleep. I learned one thing. That's when you go to baby sleep, you go to sleep. So I got a nice thing. I did a few today. You got to hold the baby and relax. There's something peaceful about this. Holding that little. Sometimes it's, it's, it's uh, with friends who, who can just sit together. You don't have to talk, do you? Yeah. You have friends or, or, or loved ones that need to just be there for you. Just sit with your company. So the question is, how do we connect with Jesus in a way that uses our grief and helps us to receive that peace? How is it that we can experience with Him what we've experienced with other people? Because that's what He's promising to us. Jesus was, well, I'm sure He knew. His disciples did not quite figure this out yet and didn't understand it, and He did it. Uh, because at the end of this conversation that night, he gives back to that need for peace uh, in our times of loss, tenderness, and transition. And he declares in John chapter 16, verse 33, I told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In the world you have trouble and suffering. Okay, courage uh, conquers the world. I like to call this the promise voted least likely to make it into one of those little promise boxes. I don't know if you've ever, my mom used to have one of these. I don't know if any of you ever went through. They, they were shaped like all kinds of things, lighthouse, and, but they all had little cards on them that you just pull out and read your promise for the day. And how many of us would want to open up, grab a card, and we'll pull it up for the start of the day? I have a promise that says something like this. In the world, you have trouble and suffering. Oh, thank you. Well, that's what I needed to know. You do not need a doctoral degree in Bible study to know what that means, do you? It says what it says, and it means what it says, and what it says is, in the world, you have trouble and suffering. Which means, in the world, you have trouble and suffering. There's no escape. You will face losses, challenges, and transitions in this broken world. There are no exceptions. There are no exceptions either to Jesus. And Jesus says everything that this broken, sinful world could do without he not only provides to him. This broken world killed him. Then on a Sunday morning, he just said, eh, that's enough of that. You can experience his peace, that well-being that comes from him, the space of anything this world has that is that. You can know Jesus has got this. 
He's only taking this stuff on and on. He's overcome. And if you can know that all is well no matter what your situation is. I want to remind you of something from last week. Jesus is more trustworthy than your circumstances. Right? Your situation is going to change. It will certainly change the Jesus life. His love for you will not change. He cannot go through anything that's going to make him, and he cannot do anything that's going to make him love you less or love you more. He loves you. He is with you. Whatever you're going through, you are going to go through it. It will end. It will change. There will be something else. When changing Jesus is so good to do that, it's still going to be standing with you. Taking care of you. Now, if you like most people in our you are. You know, most people, you tend to think that peace is dependent on your circumstances. And, and you're, you're thinking, I don't know that everything's well and everything is well. It's going well, everything's in its place, and, and, and there's no problem. Unfortunately, this world does not give us anything but peace. Uh, they give us everything but peace. They give us everything but Situations where everything is going well. They say everything is in its place and stable. As a place and in its place, and you just say everything is going well. You're seldom going to feel that all is well in your situation. You may have occasions when you're with somebody, an older member, maybe, or your son, your dog, or your pet. I won't lie. The day you'll start to see that you're free. And you're free to go to sleep. And it's not too useful. Right? And you know. The good news is, Jesus took the worst of the world to get out and he overcame. He won. Now he offers you this peace. The peace that says, even though everything's falling apart around me, I'm with you. I'm broken. All is well. You get that consistent, victorious sense that all is well, and it depends on connecting with people. When it happens, you have a peace that's free from your situation. It's based on your relationship with Him and your connection with Jesus. So we come back to that question again. How can I connect with Jesus in a way that gives me this kind of peace that introduces the changes of guilt and the grief and gives me this peace? How can I connect with Jesus like that? Prayer is the key to receiving Jesus' peace. You need to pray. You need to talk to Jesus. You need to listen to Jesus. You need to be quiet with Jesus. 
Christian before those first those lofty ideas into experience. Through prayer, you can sense Jesus' presence and receive His joy, His love, and His peace. And when you do, you will be changed from the inside out. Your attitude, your your behavior, and your character will be changed. Okay. So you need to pray. So let me tell you what I uh, usually hear when I say something like that. Someone will say to me, what do I say? What do I say when I pray? What do I talk about? Well, whether you have never, ever prayed before, or whether you really wonder if there's anybody there to talk to, um, or if you've prayed since you were, maybe you couldn't even remember how, when you started. You're so good. I have a couple of suggestions for you. What to say when you pray? First thing is, what's on your mind? What are you thinking about? Most of us have a, uh, a little conversation going on in our head. A healthy conversation. Some of us, I'm not sure, always healthy. But for most of us, it's a healthy conversation that's going on in our lives. As we, uh, and, and so what are we thinking about? What are we talking to ourselves about? Talk to Jesus about it. Because you're always talking to yourself. It says, we do sin. You say, you tell me it's unfair or painful. Tell him about it. If somebody has been before, tell him about it. If you think something's going well, tell him about it. If you think something was better, tell him about it. Talk to Jesus about what you've been thinking about. Or if I say something wrong. Okay. This is a little different for some of us. So I'm going to make another suggestion. Use your wrist today to celebrate. Now, when I was growing up, my response to that question was, what does that mean? Is that a real prayer? I mean, like, you know, what's the prayer on a piece of paper? Can it really be a prayer? And as I got a little older, I finally realized, well, it works for Jesus, and all it works for us. And you're going, what does that mean? Well, the Lord's Prayer? That's on paper. The book of Psalms, most of those are prayers. They're all on paper. So written prayers are okay. They're good for the society. And, and so that's why I have the serenity prayer and the bulletin for you. Something that uh, you may be able to use. <laughs> Two different people. At different times, who approached me in the last month and said, Whenever I come here, I feel a deep peace. Now, it's significant to me because these are not people who come here often. He said, Now I'm praying for them. It is 
Thank you. 